Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Tuesday afternoon. I am your neighborhood schlub, Bo Wolf, joined by runway Zach Berman. A big day for the Eagles, a day after the acquisition of Kevin Byard, Game 7 for the Phillies. We're going to talk to Brian Baldinger in just a few minutes about his thoughts on the trade, what's going on with the Eagles, how Lane Johnson played, what Sean Desai did to stifle the Dolphins. We're going to dive into Howie Roseman's trade history, a bit about roster construction for this Eagles team. Most of all, we just want to know how Zach Berman is doing. How are you, Zach? I'm well. I think I saw that get up in this month's issue of GQ. That's right. Okay. Uh, you yeah. know, after yesterday's discussion, I had two ways to go today because you know that I needed to lead into the bit sure. somehow. I, I, you know, I could have shown up in a suit and gone okay. like full, you know, wear my very best outfit for you, or I could have leaned in the other direction. And I figured it would be funnier to just wear like the least fashionable thing that I own. Well, the this the, is an Anthony Faust uh, memorial T-shirt underneath. This is when we beat the Bronx School of Law and Government 40 to nothing in high school. And then this is obviously uh, as chic as it gets. I heard from our loyal audience who confirmed that I am more fashionable than you are. So there's a lot of things where mm. you take the cake on me. I think this is one where I take the cake on My you. My only contention is that if I go to a store and there is a display of like really nice clothes, I don't think to myself, oh, what a well-dressed mannequin. It's... It's the person who put the outfit oh, yeah. together that is fashionable, not necessarily the person. Okay. I mean, I also think that, as <laughs> Jalen Hurts says, you know, you can make anything look good, right? So I, I, Oh, I, all right. He, now he, now uh, he's saying he's, he's better looking than me. Ah, uh, I, I don't mean, know about that. I'll let the chat answer that one, too. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's bring in Brian Baldinger, who I, I probably think doesn't have a strong opinion on that <laughs> topic, but may have some strong opinions on some other things. Baldy? How are you, first of all? Hey, good. What to say, guys? Bo, uh, Zach, that's, uh, I'm doing great. I mean, I just uh, studied uh, Monday Night Football game and did a bunch of shows around it. And so um, I'm just uh, kind of looking ahead to week eight already, I think. I think I got everything digested from last week. It does It does go fast, the season, obviously. And we thank you for joining us, as always. Let's, let's start with Kevin Byard and the acquisition of him from, uh, from Howie Roseman. He makes another deal. What can you tell us? Your thoughts on Kevin Byer? Does he and having watched him this season, is he still playing at the sort of the same level that he had been playing for the past few years? Bo, honestly, I've known Kevin Byer since he was at Middle, Middle Tennessee State. I mean, I've known a kid a long, long time. He's a Philadelphia guy, but I, I, I did some Middle Tennessee State games, the Blue Raiders, um, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Like I, I just you know the guy had 18 interceptions in in college in four years. And I think he was a third-round pick, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, he's got 27 career interceptions. But it's, it's, it's way more than that. Since he took over starting in 2017, he's never missed a start. It's, it's every week. It's every game. It's every play. I mean, he's almost every snap for the last eight years now. And, you know, you always know him. He's always got uh, the red sleeve on and the gloves. Like in Tennessee, we'll see what he wears here in Philly. But he's just been the marquee player. Like, they've had a good front. Jeffrey Simmons is a great player. But, like, he's been their marquee player um, on a number one ranked defense two years ago. Um, he's he's a phenomenal, phenomenal center fielder. Like, he's a reliable tackler. He's smart as hell. He's a great teammate. He, when you guys get to know him, like, he loves to talk the game. Like, he's, he's just a – I mean, how he could have – I know he's making phone calls to a lot of teams for different safeties and see who he could shake loose. 
The fact that Tennessee would let Kevin Byard go just has me scratching my head. There's things you could say, okay, contract is too heavy, all this, you know, declining player. This guy is he'll, – he'll, in fact, they played Philadelphia last year, remember? Like it was around – remember like the Eagles threw for like 380 yards against them? It was horrible. But I remember talking to him on the field before the game, and he, I don't think he had an interception at that point, like week five last year, something like that. And then he then he ended up getting like four or five interceptions the rest of the year. Like he, you can't force it. He knows that. So he's not going to go hunting for interceptions. Like when they're, when he's in the right place and he covers a lot of ground, like he'll come up with big plays. Baldy, I'm, I'm curious your perspective, both as a former player and someone who's around these guys all the time, in that we, we hear that it can be hard to make a team change midseason, to learn a system, to acclimate. What's your sense of how that transition goes? Is that overstated, or is, it, is that something to be mindful of here? Well, you're talking about the addition of Bayern yeah, yeah, and how he's going, going to fit in. from one team to another midseason, learning a new system, trying to adjust to new teammates, trying to adjust to a, a new situation. Well, I, I think this is a good situation for Kevin. I mean, the team in Tennessee right now, it's declining. I, I, I think that either Malik Willis or Will Levis is going to take over. I mean, it's a changing of the guard right now. And so I think it started really with the release of A.J. Brown or the trade of A.J. Brown, I should say, last year. And they just haven't been able to put it together. But I think Kevin Byard, like, first of all, you, you know, I think everybody would love to come home. Like, you know, you've seen what it's done to DeAndre Swift. And I, I think a lot of people would like to go home and finish your career. He's got a chance here. And he's going to a Super Bowl contending team. And while they've been a playoff team and they were the number one seed in the AFC two years ago, I mean, this is a golden opportunity for him. I think he'll – He'll walk into that room with Slay and Bradbury and, you know, some of the veterans. And, like, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's going to take long for him to adjust or for the team to adjust to him. I think free safeties, like, there's only certain coverages, you know, that you have to know. And, you know, there, there might be different landmarks. But I think the communication will be real strong. I, I just think Kevin Byard walking in that locker room right now, Zach, like, everybody knows, like, Maybe he's seen Julio last week. Maybe it didn't form or not. I don't know. They, but I think when he walks in that locker room, everybody knows who he is. You know, you're a two-time All-Pro player. You walk in that locker room. Like, they know what this is all about. It's loading up for January and February. And it's just a reminder of what's expected of this team right now. It is also another week uh, in which the – state of the secondary changes, right? We have seen a different secondary every game yeah. this season for the Eagles. And I think for us, the story of the game on Sunday was, was what a job Sean Desai did in, in sort of flummoxing that, that Dolphins offense. After watching the film, what, what impressed you the most about the plan that he put together? Well, even on the, the touchdown throw to Tyreek Hill with, you know, you know, I mean, they had bracket coverage on him. I mean, they were in the right place. They just didn't squeeze it hard enough, you know? I mean, Edmonds was back there. Maybe that's why Edmonds is gone. But, you know, so Bradbury, I mean, they've got the right defense to bracket him. And two is looking right at him. And if they played it a little tighter, they probably keep Tyreek out of the end zone. But, you know, the interception by Slay was just classic. Like, I think Waddle ran the wrong route, to be honest with you. I think he should have taken it to the post, and that would have taken Slay out. Um, and maybe they got the wheel to Mostert behind it. But that was – you know, that's the, I think, 28th interception for Slay now. Like, that's just a remarkable play. I, I I hit him up on social media about it. You know, like, not everybody has the, the ability 
to, to go to that spot in a, in a, in a, in a place where it's going to be 24-24. Like, Mostert's going to catch that ball in the corner right where he's supposed to be unless Slay makes that play. So uh, I just thought it was really tight against, uh, you know, a team that can air it out with the best of them. And, it, you know, it starts up front. Jalen Carter knocks out the left guard in the fourth play of the game. Um, they got to go to the third left guard of the season. They got a lot weaker up front. Um, they they dominated the game up front. And when they fell behind and Tua had to kind of drop back and throw, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, they just kind of sat back and waited on it. They didn't get anything over their head. At this time last week, we spent a good chunk of this conversation talking about Lane Johnson. As, as you predicted, he was out there, no injury designation. How do you think he played? And can you settle it for all the viewers is his sack streak still alive? Is that one on him, or was that on Sua? Well, so, Zach, on the play, it's a jet protection, a slide protection. So they've got a blitz coming. All right, David Long is coming off the slot, and Lane sees it, you know. And really, it's Kelsey, it's Apeta, and it's Lane, responsible for, you know, Wilkins and Phillips and, and David Long. And so Lane steps out wide, and really, I'm, I mean – it's on Sue, and I'm not here to criticize him or anything. He's still a young player. But it's classic slide protection. It, they should just build the picket fence. And so what happened to Lane was when he saw Phillips, like, you feel it. You don't really see it. You feel it. Like, he's coming inside, and nobody's there. And so Lane immediately kind of, like, tried to cover for it because that's the most direct line to the quarterback there to try to slow him down and then get a piece along. And, you know, the, the protection should have handled the pressure and that 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 should not be on Lane Johnson. If you want to give Lane Johnson, you know, let him surrender a sack, let somebody beat him. You know, let him beat him, let somebody out there in this business beat him for a sack. But that that's protection, uh jet protection, and that's not on Lane. And how do you think he, he came out of that game just generally? I thought he played really well. I in fact I text him. I thought he is like he's blocking a lot better in the run game, I think. I thought he had a, a real good game overall. And then in the run game, even though they didn't run the ball great in the game, I thought his run blocking was really good. I know he's worked real hard on his lower body strength, and you can see it. He's like he's, you know, he's finishing runs. A lot of times he pulls off, he does. And I don't blame these tackles in this league. Like, you, you know, these re referees see somebody go to the ground, they want to throw the flag. So he pulls off sometimes. But I, I think he's getting good movement at the point. And I, like Jalen Phillips is a handful. Like he's a good football player. He doesn't have the sack numbers right now that I, I think he will have at the end of the season. But that guy is is a handful because he's got great movement. But I thought Lane played really well. And you couldn't tell that, uh, you know, he had a grade one ankle sprain or high ankle sprain, whatever they called it. But I thought he, he played through it real well. Here's my my sort of general question for you, Baldy. You know, we're, we're so uh, insulated on on the Eagles here and we've, been debating, you know, how well they're playing over the first eight games of the season, seven games of the season. And we sit here now, we pull our heads up, and they're one of two teams who are six and one in the league. Um, I'm curious what you think, having having paid more attention to what's going on around the league. Do you feel like the Eagles are right now one of the two best teams in football? Yeah, because I think they're just, you know, I mean, it's just classic, you know, Howie. But, I mean, they're just so strong in the trenches right now, you know. I mean, their depth and how they rotate these defensive linemen right now. You've seen Sweat and Reddick just, you know, looking like they did last year. The addition of Jalen Carter, you just can't talk about it enough. Forget about the, the sacks or tackles. I mean, that guy makes a difference. 
but they, I mean, they're, they're really deep up front. Um, and then on the offensive line, look, you, you lose Lane Johnson in the game, you lose your right guard, um, you know, next guy step up. Like, I think they just have, I think they're just tremendous on both sides of the ball right there. That was a the difference against the Dolphins. Physically, they beat them up pretty good. Um, and so they just, you know, they just keep, you know, they're, they're waving linebackers through. You saw Nicobe Dean play pretty fast in there the other day. He's been out, but, he, you know, he made an impact. And then I don't know what Julio's going to do, guys. I really don't. I know he had the one catch the other day, but, um, you know, nobody has an answer for A.J. Brown in this business right now. And I thought the quarterback played outside of, you know, the, um, you know, the fumble. And, you know, I mean, I, I thought he played pretty good. If I can follow up on on that, A.J. Brown's on this historic stretch right now, five consecutive games with 125-plus yep. yards. What does the film show that that is 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 kind of differentiating him other than just the outstanding size, the ability to make those those those, those yards after the catch? Well, it's a couple things, uh, Zach. I mean, he has great timing on the deep ball. Like, just the adjustment to the ball in the air. It's not everybody tracks a ball. You know, some guys who are great baseball players and they know how to track a ball. We'll watch the Phillies tonight, cheer them on. We'll watch them in the outfield. But he tracks a deep ball really, really well. He uses his body really well. And he goes, like these routes over the middle of the field, like his ability to stop, start, and get going in the other direction away from the defender is just elite. And, and I know he's worked hard on his speed, Zach, and his explosion, like that was his emphasis this offseason. And it shows up. It really does show up. I mean, in some, some fields you can see the rubber kicking up. You can see the dirt on a grass field. Maybe in Washington this weekend you'll see it. But you can just see, like, he's, he's digging in. And, you know, he just he can run every route. But his ability to track the deep ball is just as good as it gets. Well, Baldy, we, uh, we appreciate you stopping by once again and, and dropping some knowledge for us. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, guys. You bet, man. Enjoy it this weekend. Take care. All right. Thank you very much. Now, Zach, before we get to the uh, rest of the discussion, last week we talked about Baldy was your hero. I think he, yeah. well, he might be your hero again. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'll ever look as good as, as, as Baldy, but... Well, uh, you're so fashionable. <laughs> but if, if I'm trying to do it, I know... Ne let's be honest. Neither of us is fashionable. <laughs> you speak for yourself here. <laughs> but the, the, uh, the best bread for me to do it with would, would be hero bread because uh, hero bread is... It, it, it has so much of what you're you're looking for. Uh, you you may not be counting carbs, but you may be looking to get more fiber or protein in your diet. And Hero Bread has the taste and the texture. It's soft and fluffy. It's delicious and tasty. Uh, it's flavorful. And when when you hear those words, you're probably you're probably worried about the nutrition, right? But the nutritional interest is very high here. There's high fiber and or that uh, there's there's ultra low net carbs, zero grams of sugar, so the, so that's terrific. Uh, and it is it's there's fewer calories than the leading national bread, uh, five to ten grams of protein per serving. Right now, Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam ten percent off their first order. Just go to hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H E R O dot co to save 10 percent today well zach tonight we've got game seven uh nothing more intense more nerve-wracking in sports than a, than a game seven but if somehow you are like a 
just an addict for needing something extra on top of that, what more could you add? What extra juice could you have than just a regular game seven? Well, I don't know. You could put a little uh, lettuce on hmm. the team or on something, you know? Maybe Home you're runs, maybe you're feeling very outs. good about uh, the Phillies' chances mm-hmm. tonight. And if that were the case, you could use DraftKings Sportsbook because with DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack. See what they did there? At a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, cdkng.com slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply you nail that every time all right zach uh just like i nail my uh, getting dressed in the morning geez you're really caught up on the fashion here don't it gives you something to aspire i for. do uh, believe me i am not aspiring to you in any way <laughs> <laughs> wow okay although i will say i am glad like i'm glad that emily thinks you're more fashionable I, I, it would be yes yeah she definitely does yeah. she she heard the conversation and I, I i think she was a little taken aback that that there was even a, a debate on that okay <laughs> i mean she should be she should be partial i agree i'm glad for you uh you're both wrong but that's okay <laughs> okay uh well, you had a chance to talk to the coordinators today what was the uh, was 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 the novacare complex a buzz uh, after the acquisition of kevin byard no because i don't believe he's here yet uh from talking to sean desai i don't think he's had a chance to to kind of sit sit down with him yet but certainly um Desai's, you know excited a, about this getting an established player like him like byard uh in that secondary, it was interesting. You know, I asked the the question similar to, uh, or, 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 or I'm sorry, it was asked to him from from someone else about adjusting midseason here, trying to get him acclimated, and he referenced kind of what you referenced. He said it's no different than what they've done every week, right? right. I mean, they've had to get a new guy True. in there every week, so it's similar to that. And uh, Desai talked about the way that the Eagles played, obviously, uh, against the Dolphins, really f- focused on that run defense, earning the right to rush the quarterback. The, the, the way they played the run complimented Hassan Reddick. Uh, talked about how Josh Sweat was such a force in it, as a pass rusher against the run, chasing down screens. He made reference to that. He discussed... Um, the way they were able to limit the big plays, really focusing on playing their spots, right? That was that was the big point of emphasis, and we discussed that on yesterday's show, was getting to the spot on defense, knowing where those landmarks are. Uh, and and then it was a chance to kind of ha- allow the side to puff his chest a bit. He, he, and he, did he? 
he he did not, but but kind of you know he says he's trying to get better every day. He's a better coordinator. You know, I asked him how he's a better coordinator or different coordinator now than when he was in Chicago. Sure. And he said he's he's a better coordinator now than week one. He's a better coordinator now than two weeks ago. He said he's he's very. I feel like that speaks to you. Very much That's so. Very much. Long, long so, yeah. yeah. I mean, best story is the next one. Yeah, and every show I I I'm in that car ride home thinking, what could I have done better? How could I have delivered that? I, you know, there's certain ad reads I can deliver better. There's certain points I can make more succinct. Uh, there's times I can push back on you. There's times that I should just let you <laughs> roll and keep going with, with, yeah. So and you I'm, know what? I now feel bad about the fashion thing because it feels like it's the only part of yourself that you actually, you don't worry about. You feel like you've already got this on lock. You're, you're not looking well, to improve. Uh, between the two of us, yeah, I mean that's that's like you having a height contest with me, right? Like, yeah, I, I would oh, please <laughs> get out of here. Uh, it's pathetic. <laughs> so Michael Clay, the Eagles also special. you can't say between the two of us on a show for people, like. No, I'm saying be uh, a fashion oh, oh, contest see, between the two saying. of us. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm saying okay. that like a fashion contest I between the two yeah, of us. I'm not even trying. It would be like that's a height contest between the two of us, I right? See. I it, see what you're saying. Yeah, it would be. The, the the winner of that is clear once we walk in the room. The winner of the fashion contest Get is clear once we walk into the room. I mean, I don't think you realize what you're wearing. Zach, <laughs> I told you at the top of the show, I'm wearing the least fashion. I'm trying. This is a joke. This is not. I know. I know. This is a bit. <laughs> I know. Uh, so Michael Clay, Michael Clay, the Eagles special teams coordinator. Uh, you might have noticed the short kicks in the game from both sides. Yeah. What was that about? It was the weather. It, they were not trying to do it. They were not trying to kick uh, the ball short to the Dolphins. And then subsequently, he didn't think the Dolphins were trying to kick the ball short to them. All the kickoffs. And that's the thing. You know, there's a point in the season when football changes. You know, the weather, the weather turns. Special teams is a little bit different. He said that when you play in the Northeast. That's yeah. Good. But I, I actually didn't realize this until he said it. All the kickoffs went to the same side. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that either. Yeah. Yeah. But thinking back, they all were yeah, that. Yeah. Bottom left of the screen. Yeah, which is uh, the side where uh, the wind was okay. was kind of pushing the ball back. So that was the big takeaway from Michael Clay. Not a lot of questions for Michael Clay today. You know what? It, it's a little bit unfair because Michael Clay gets hammered for the first two years when the special teams is bad. And now the special teams is one of the best in the league. Yeah. And nobody cares. <laughs> well, that's not true. That, that, I wouldn't say nobody cares. It's true. I asked him a question today. Yeah, you care, but there's yeah. no like, uh, there's no drumbeat oh, for like, oh well, now they're good. Let's give Michael Clay his flowers. Like, yeah, that is true. That is true. That's a good point, and he does deserve some flowers here. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and now, like the rankings are are a little bit weighted by the fact that Jake Elliott has been so good, which is you know we can debate whether he what, what he has to do with that, but he's still dealing with a very young group of core players yeah. on special teams. It's not a lot of experience, and they are doing a very good job. Yeah. And then Brian Johnson, uh, he said he takes into account at all times kind of how, how Jalen is with Jalen's health. Jalen is, it's incumbent upon Jalen to kind of have that conversation. They have it on the sideline to see how he's feeling. He said it's, it's obviously in the quarterback run game, but not just in the quarterback run game, kind of the way they tailor the offense. I asked him, uh, I wanted to get some A.J. Brown color, and I asked what it was like uh, – being in in Starkville, Mississippi, when AJ Brown was there in high school, nice. Brian Johnson. That's a was, question that nobody else would have asked. Yeah, Brian Johnson was working at Mississippi State when AJ Brown was literally five minutes away. Right, and they couldn't keep him. 
they couldn't keep him. And AJ Brown was the, or I'm sorry, Brian Johnson was the the recruiter there. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of why I asked. Okay. I, I know from talking to AJ that Brian Johnson recruited him. And uh, Brian Johnson said that, yeah, he, he they knew all about him. You know, he came to the facility. He came to the camp. He like after a few routes in camp, they're like, "You're good, AJ. We, you know, we we know you're fine." He said, like the whole staff went over there Johnny to his Holstaff. house. What's that? Johnny Holstaff. Go ahead. The whole staff, uh, like nine of them, went over to him to to try to convince him to go. He lived five minutes away to to to, to, to go to Mississippi State, and then waiting outside was the old Miss staff oh. too to come in. And he's like, so yeah, but he, I said, I'm trying to test your memory. And he said, uh, he, re- he remembers this very well. Yeah. So. And are you going to follow up with AJ about his, his recollection of that? Of have course. Okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've already spoken to AJ about it some, but I'm going to follow okay. up more now that I have some. What an interesting thing. Color. I like that. Yeah. It's it, a good Zach Berman l- angle. Yeah. I, I have a few things brewing with AJ that, uh, that I'm excited to write at some point here. Okay. Uh, I have another story this week and then another story next week, but I have my sights set on a good okay. AJ story. I wonder if there are any other like uh, connections on the, the coaching staff where there's a guy who they tried to recruit coming out of high school. Like Jalen? Oh, that's, that's another good one. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the story <laughs> okay. is Brian Johnson, better coordinator than recruiter. <laughs> yes, like, that's true. That's true. Um, Brian, why weren't no. you? Why are you here now? Yeah. Because he, he, he wasn't willing to pay enough to get these guys out of high school. Or maybe people... Or maybe they didn't want to go to Mississippi State. No, maybe right? so. Uh, Jalen's case, yeah, I, I think I think that was the hindrance. I think Jalen wanted to go to Alabama. Uh, I, I I once made the joke to Jalen, um, but he didn't laugh. Yeah, he is not a fan of comedy. <laughs> I made the joke when he talked about Brian Johnson up recruiting him. Or no, I'm sorry, I made the joke to brought to. Jalen about AJ Brown. Jalen tried recruiting AJ Brown to Alabama. Okay, as as we know. And I'm like, uh, it, d- it didn't work. And he, he didn't like that. He didn't like, yeah. He just okay. kind of looked at me. And <laughs> yeah. So it's like when I tried to like, I, when I tried to ask him about like, oh, you know, AJ, you got, you're always talking about how you're best friends with AJ Brown. Oh. Like, does Devonte ever joke with yeah. you? Like that he's jealous or something like that. He's like, no, we're no. stopping that right now. Yes. Don't even calm down. Like yeah. people on Reddit had fun with that. Question. Everything doesn't have to be so serious. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, before we get to Howie's trade history, Zach, let's, uh, let's use game seven one more time as a nice little transition Mm. to an ad read. And that would be game time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What's your best Game 7 Phillies memory? There isn't one. They've never played in one. There you go. I like that. Good, good job. 
I mean, I'm also watching the game, Zach. <laughs> I'm also consuming Philadelphia sports media. First game seven in Philly's history. Can you believe that? I mean, I can believe it because I've had some time to digest mm-hmm. it now. But, yeah. What are your thoughts on tonight? You uh, I think they're going to win. But, I, I mean, if I was, a, I was a Phillies fan, I would be worried. Yeah. It's game seven. It's Anything game can seven. happen. Anything Wild can happen. stuff. That's true. How would you handle the pitching? I don't know, but I thought they should have let Lorenzen pitch an extra inning last, or at least start another inning last night. You just, you know, you got you got enough innings to get through. I don't know if you needed to burn mm. Kirkering there, although he didn't look great. Would you go to Wheeler tonight? Of course, yeah. If the situation called for it, absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, who would you rather see in the ninth inning, Zach Wheeler or Craig Kimbrell? Well, Zach Wheeler. I mean, I mean you've got Alvarado yeah. and Dominguez too, but it reminds me. Uh, I I always think about the 2001 World Series, Diamondbacks. Yankees, of course. When they, yeah, when they brought in the aces out of the pen. Yeah, I remember I was watching at Tyler Watson's house. Awesome! I hope Tyler Watson's watching us right now. Yeah, that's that'd be fun. I doubt it. How about you? Where were you watching it? At home. I okay. wasn't at Tyler Watson's with all house. the all the Berman brothers. Yes, I remember I was rooting for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, so was I. As a New Yorker, well, you're a Mets. Yeah, you're I didn't a, like the Yankees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I used to be a Mets fan. I'm no longer. A Mets no fan. longer. Yes. Okay. Um. Howie Roseman. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't. I couldn't stop laughing during that ad read because I was thinking about you saying, "Do you know what you're wearing right now?" Like I, <laughs> I know what I'm wearing. That's the, that's the bit. <laughs> this is not I'm a comparison. Aware, I'm, I'm aware of the bit. I was leaning into the bit. Okay, <laughs> you're not the only one who's in on the joke, Bo. Okay, that's good. <laughs> do I do, do I think I keep this going? Do I keep coming in with really bad outfits, or do I just do we? As flip opposed it back to, to all the other days when you're in those great outfits. <laughs> That's good. Fan of comedy. That's good. That's your first good joke. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, we wanted to go through like the history of Howie Roseman in season trades. Now we, we know that he's made some big trades in the offseason, but just in terms of seeing the way that he has evolved in this uh, sense, should we start from the beginning? Yes. Okay. 2009, Zach. And let's maybe let's give these. Uh, what's what scale should we use? The uh, let's go uh, on a scale of Avery to Ajayi. Well, we're talking about them, so we can't. Is Avery in? I thought Avery. Oh, Avery was. I don't Avery even have him in. on here. That's okay. That's, that was we're, the two thousand. We're missing one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hmm. We're scale of uh, no. Let's let's see. It's got to be a, a a different scale than that. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. How about? From I don't know I got I got nothing. How about from uh, six to nine? <laughs> I don't know I got I got nothing. Uh, no, let's 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 come up with a what's your what's the best trade? It, what's the best non Eagles trade? Non Eagles trade. Uh, the best non Eagles trade I can think of. I don't know. Okay, so Brandon then, Marsh for Logan O'Hop. All right, which which distracted you from uh, from the show we were doing at the time. <laughs> you were so offended by that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, let's let's go on on general manager scale. How about that? Uh, oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, the best. So, gym, so who do you think? Out, let's so take from, Howie let, out. Of let's it. say Theo Epstein. Yes. To. Uh, Matt, uh, it's a Matt Millen. Matt Millen. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that's that's punching down at this oh. point. Who was uh, who was the Fred? Uh, was that his name? Who was the Mets guy? 
who made the uh, Fred uh, something. I don't know. Wow, this is good content. <laughs> we've really, we've really just stalled. All right, out let's here just say good trade to bad trade. The then. Yes, let's just, let's just go straight. Letter grade. Letter grade. Okay. 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 We settled on that at the end. You're a professor. How about this? No, I have a good idea. Okay. okay. Let's do a Bose fashion to Zach's fashion. Okay. It doesn't make. I thought that was not, the theme of the show. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. not. That's okay. not good. Okay. They're All both right. bad. Straight letter grade. Okay. Uh, 2009, Zach. The Eagles trade Brandon Gibson and a fifth round pick for a linebacker Will Witherspoon, who comes in with a bang. Has a huge game his first night. This is before your time on the beat. Yeah, this was before Howie's time, too. No, this is his first year. 2010 was his first year. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. But isn't he... I guess you're right. Okay. Yeah. 2010. Mike Bell for Jerome Harrison. One of the best trades ever made, honestly. Uh, well, didn't it help save Mike that, Bell's life? That, or? No, no, no. Okay. That was the second time oh. they traded Jerome Harrison. Got, oh, okay. Gotcha. This was a straight yeah. one for one. This is an A-plus trade. It's yes. one of Howie's best trades. Same position, and they just got a guy who was way, way better. Yeah, Jerome Harrison, he had a good game against Detroit. So let's let's give this a B-plus. I give it an A. You give it an A. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Uh, a B-plus for you. Uh, the neck, uh, the, He doesn't make another in-season trade until 2013, Zach. And this is, he trades Isaac Sopoaga and a sixth-round pick to the Patriots for a fifth-round pick. So this I'm giving an A-minus because they traded the better player, or, or, or I'm sorry, they, the, by trading him, they opened up a spot for Benny Logan, who was the better player than Sopoaga. You're giving an A-minus for just swapping a fifth for a sixth? Well, because it opened up playing time too for for Benny Logan. Who I think there. the whole thing was that Sopoaga was making trouble behind the scenes. Isn't that the isn't that the story? Well, no, he was blocking Benny Logan. I think there was something else to this. Where oh, ah, like, okay, you think Isaac was a, was bad? Was a was a malcontent at the time. Gotcha. Remember, he came he came in. Uh, he gave like a Philly. Thank you for choosing me. Uh, like yes. Good interview with me, but that was about it. Okay, uh, and I think he was. This was this was a like a, an admission of a bad signing, is what this was. So then let's knock it down to a B. Yeah, to me this is like just something they had to do to get the guy out of the building. That's a that's a C for me. Okay, but you want to you're sticking to a B. Yeah, it opened up for Benny Logan. Okay, uh, 2017, they trade in fourth round pick for Jay Ajayi. Where were you? Where was I when when that happened? That was on Halloween, uh, and. I was preparing for a Halloween party with my son, who was a few months old at that point. Uh, so I remember that vividly. He was, yeah, we were going somewhere. It was like, what with, was he being? It was, well, no, it was like the other moms okay. from Emily's uh, group. And I was very uh, frantically <laughs> trying to, to write about Jay Jai and was probably nervous at that party that I was missing something with Jay Jai and looking at my phone a little more than I had to. And then I remember I was trying to track down Jay Jai's brother who played at Liberty at the time. So okay. that's, that's what I was doing. Cause I did a big feature that weekend on Jay Jai on Jay Ajayi. Okay. And Jay Ajayi of course becomes a big part yeah. of the Super Bowl winning team. What would you, what would you give that trade? A. A? Yes. They won a Super Bowl. Jay Jai was a big part of it. Does that mean that every move that they made that that? No, but Jay Jai was a big part of it, and I I don't know if they I, I think he bolstered them during that stretch run. He had that 
a few great games late in the season. He was real productive for them in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, now I, I'll probably knock it down to an A- minus because the A-, minus. Um, they were hoping he was going to be their starting running back the following year, and then he got hurt in that Tampa Bay game in week two, I believe it was, and never played again. for Well, he returned at one point the following season, right? Uh, they, they signed him later yes. on. But I think that I look at it as an A- minus because it didn't have the long-term implications that they wanted, but certainly in the A range because they won a Super Bowl. How old do you think J.J. is today? 29. He's 30. Okay. Just a, just a crazy like example of the longevity of that position versus like the Eagles just traded for Kevin Byard, who's the same age. Don't raise your kids to play running backs. Yeah. Well, he was injured. So, well, yeah, but in part because he's a running back in large part because he was a running back. Okay. Yeah. I would give it, I'd give it an A minus. I think that's the right, the right grade. And listen, this is the, uh, this is the beginning of how he, leaning into the yes. in-season trades because we, you know, we talked about he had made a, one trade in 2010, one trade in 2013. And from this point on, he makes a trade every single year except for 2020 when there weren't really making exactly. trades. Yeah, he, I, th- I, I think he liked what he did in 2017 hmm. and he tried to replicate it thereafter. 2018, of course, we all remember the Golden Tate trade, uh, a third round pick to the Lions for Golden Tate. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give that a D. So you do you remember that game in Chicago? I sure do. When was it Al Michaels or was it I don't think Al Michaels was in coverage. No. Which no, I think it was Chris Collinsworth who said oh, yeah, like this makes this, the trade this, worth this it. This makes the trade all worth it. Yeah. Yes. I'm giving that a C plus. Okay. I yeah. think that was a that was an example of um and I think this is to Howie's credit, and it's a thing that he talks about, is that like if they, even if they think they have just a little bit of a chance, he's always going to try to push yep. his chips in. Uh, it's, it's about winning now. I think that's a great thing to have in the general manager of the team that you're rooting for. But I think that this was a short-sighted yeah. team uh, move from, from you know, the big picture perspective because he wasn't playing at that high of a level. He didn't integrate that quickly, exactly. and they were definitely losing him after the season. Yeah, he, he really didn't fit. That was part of the problem with Tate because by playing Tate, you lost some effectiveness from Nelson Aguilar, right? Nelson was really good in the slot, and uh, that's 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 where Tate played best. So that was more of a name trade that didn't work out. But Golden Tate did catch that touchdown against Chicago, big a big catch for the Eagles. I I I just uh, and they did get a comp pick. The Giants gave a horrible contract. But yeah, I I can't give that above a a C plus. Now I know you were in Europe when that happened. I was, yeah. Uh, I was. uh, Me and Jeff McLean were vacationing together in in Paris after the Eagles played in London. Sounds like a fun vacation. Just me and Jeff. I imagine other uh, people cafe hopping. Yep. Uh, I was uh, promoting a book that had just come out. And what was the name of that book? Underdogs, the Philadelphia Eagles Emotional Road to the Super Bowl Victory, where you can read a full chapter on Jay Jai and the trade and all that goes into Howie Roseman's trading, actually. And where could one purchase said book? Wherever books are sold. Great. And if somebody was so smitten with the quality writing and the in-depth reporting in that book that they were like, ah, oh, I just, I can't get enough of this guy. Can I read more books yeah. from this person? What, what would your advice to them be? 
I would say, even if you don't feel that way, make sure you go to allphly.com because on allphly.com, you can find comprehensive coverage of the Eagles and all Philly sports teams. I read a great piece by Charlie O'Connor over the weekend. And you can become a diehard member to read exclusive content. And shout out to Bo Wolf here. The most popular story on allphly.com since it opened on September 11th was uh, the piece you wrote last week. And I look forward to more Wolf Stens as time goes on. Yeah, but what if I like the feel of the page in my hand? What if I want a book? I want to really extend and read something long. Uh, Stay tuned, maybe. Oh, because for the book I'm writing? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought there was an ad you wanted me to read. No, I was no. Like, I was like, do you want me to mention Kindle uh, Dildor here? <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going. Yes. No, I want you to puff your chest yeah. out. No, I have a book that I am in the process of finishing that uh, will be available next year. We'll have more details on, on that in the coming uh, months, but I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I thought, I thought you were <laughs> like, I would love if, if there's a bookstore or a book company that wants to advertise with us, I will give you the best endorsements you can get. Um, I was wondering what that, uh, what you were referring to, but yeah, I have a book coming out next year. Okay. In 2019, Zach, uh, Howie Roseman trades a fourth round pick to the Cleveland Browns for Jannard Avery. Yeah, that, that, that was an F. <laughs> wow. That was an F. Fourth yeah. round pick they could have used. I mean, the idea yeah, was yeah. that they had a specific role that they thought that yeah. he could fill. But, um, yeah, I yeah. think. And, I, and, and let me ask you this. You know, Howie Roseman would not say that that was a good trade. What do you think is the lesson he learned from that trade? It's a good question. I'm trying to think what lesson he would learn from that trade is I think that you need, maybe you need some more established product or you, I think you need to live with an exception first, probably might be the, Oh, that's interesting. You know, that cause Jannard Avery, there were tools that they thought they could develop, but, but, but he was an exception in terms of kind of like the, the height, weight speed. Right. And if you're going to, I have no problem with like drafting an exception at some point or, or, you know, developing one. But if you're giving up a fourth round pick in a trade, uh, you, you need to be more, he needs to be like Elvis Doomerville. You know, you need to be more convinced that he has that in him than Gennard Avery did. I think my, my lesson from that trade is we, we always try to frame it this way in a trade, right? Is why is the other team giving that guy up? Good point. Right. And we talked about this in the AJ like Brown that. trade and, if you can like it's it was a very obvious thing for AJ Brown like they didn't want to pay him yep. that contract that's the reason that he's available with Jannard Avery it's like this is a guy who was really productive as a rookie as a pass rusher this is his second year or, or third year like this is a young player at a premium position for a team that needs young players good point why are they willing to give him up like that's a much better lesson than the one I said yes and I I do think that the that if a team I kind of like your lesson too though but no but if a team's trading a guy because of money. I think that's a good reason. Right. To, it, like it, we can all understand why the Titans would be trading Kevin Byard. Exactly. But yeah. Why, exactly. why would it, why is a team trading a young pass rusher? Yeah. Like yeah. the Lions traded Darius Slay uh, ostensibly because of money. Right? right. So I know there were other complications there too, but yeah, if you have a guy on a rookie contract, uh, you're not going to, 
you you know less about him than the team that has him in the building. Sure, yeah. Like, it's it's different if it's, yeah, Jalen Ramsey or Minka Fitzpatrick. But, yeah. Now, that lesson maybe not immediately learned because in 2021, they trade uh, a sixth-round pick for Kerry Vincent. You know, a, a meager price. <laughs> you hated this trade. This, I did hate this trade. So I'll let you give your grade first. Well, I think that... I actually don't give that grade an F because, okay. like, they're... It was very clear that they were doing something and trying to add all of these young corners and throw darts at the dartboard and hope that one of them stuck. So I understood the thought process behind it. I just thought this is a guy who was drafted in the seventh round. Well, he had not been active yet. They'd never seen him play. They'd just seen him in the preseason, and they gave up a sixth-round pick for one fewer year of him. It didn't really make much sense to me. I think they were caught up on this idea of trying to just collect corners and hope right. that, that one of them hits. You know, That was the year, too, and we're probably getting to it. I would only give it a C minus, but okay. yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give that a D plus. He didn't make the team the following year. He, he didn't really contribute. For okay. That. Same year, they, they trade Zach Ertz to the, the Cardinals exact- for a fifth and Tay Gowan. Yeah, I was fine with that trade. I mean, Tay Gowan. I was fine with it too. They, uh, Tay Gowan didn't turn into to anything that they had hoped he would be, but it's worth a shot. I mean, a fifth round pick for Ertz, who was, uh, who was not going to be on the team the following year. My only knock on, on that deal is I think they could have gotten more that offseason. Uh, I think their price was a little too high that offseason, and they ended up trading him for a fifth and gallon. Maybe there was somewhere in the middle of what they were trying to get and that fifth and gallon, and they could have made that deal in the summer uh, or the spring, and you would have avoided kind of a weird training camp for Ertz, and you probably would have allowed Ertz to, to leave in a better manner. Then again, uh, Ertz, yeah, Ertz was happy yeah. with that last game, caught a touchdown, got to say goodbye to Philly. And, you know, one thing Zach Ertz did say after that is the 2020 season, there were no fans in the stands. He really didn't get to say goodbye. So the fact that he came back for that first part of 2021 allowed him to do it. Uh, we've talked about this before, but I do, I do think about like the, just the Zach Ertz perspective on everything that happened since this trade. Like the Eagles became a very good team. And he's got to just sort of sit back and watch as they go to the Super Bowl and they're six and one and he's playing for a bad Cardinals team. And he, he just got put on IR today, actually. Did he? I didn't see yeah. that. Uh, he would have been part of the core five. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he probably wouldn't it didn't have, have been, the same. It, yeah. it didn't have the same ring to it. The core thriving five. Yeah, thriving five. And I like that. OK. And you ask Jason Kelsey and he would say, is that just a name for old people? Right. Uh, last one, uh, that year they trade away Joe Flacco for a conditional sixth, which I, I don't, I think just turned into a seventh. Uh, yeah, that one, I'll give, <laughs> <Hey>! them, <laughs> give them a B, B, B plus for Although that. again, admission of a bad signing to begin with. I know where I was for that one too. When they made the trade? Yes. I certainly do not. I was in Vegas. Hmm. We talked about this actually on a show recently. I was taking the red eye. I was taking the Monday red eye. Okay. To try to save the company uh, yes. some money. Yeah. And you spent the day in the had casino. To, had to burn the day in Vegas. And then they make this deal. And uh, I had to find a place to do the conference call and uh, ask ask those questions. And then they added Reed Sinet thereafter. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 2022, Zach, we all remember last year, they send a fourth round pick to the Chicago Bears for Bobby Q, Robert <laughs> Quinn. D plus. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I, we we talked about it. You, I mean, you got to grade it at what it looked like at the time. I understood what they were doing. Derek yes, Barnett exactly. had gone on injured reserve. They needed a fourth yeah, edge rusher. I, yeah, I'm talking about like in hindsight. It, it made sense. However, 
there were like his production had totally dropped off yes. a cliff. Um, he, he like completely. He was good the year before, and it turned out that he was just done. Um, I think it was like uh, you understood the thought process yes. behind it, but looking back, certainly if you're giving up a fourth round pick, you would have liked to get any production at all. Yeah, I gave a high marks last year, and I was I was wrong. So at the time, I liked the deal. It didn't work out. By the way, I was going to text you this yesterday. Kevin Byard has the reverse Robert Quinn going. So you spoke to Robert Quinn last year yes. about how he didn't get a bye week. Yes. Okay. He had to play, he had to do a full 17 game season because he got traded after the Eagles bye and before the Bears bye. He ended uh, up going on injured reserve. But yes. yes. Kevin Byard has the opposite. Double bye. He got this past weekend, <laughs> gets the chill. That's great. Gets this past week, uh, plays two games, and then gets another bye week. That's pretty good. Yes. And he, he gets paid for both those buys. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's now like getting an extra made, week vacation. Somebody made the other point that he um, missed the opportunity to play in the Kelly Greens and also the Titans, I think, next week are doing their throwbacks. But he'll get another Kelly Green game. Yeah, there's another so, Kelly yeah. Green in there. So he'll be fine. I think the Buffalo game's Kelly Green. I believe that's right. Um, that's nice. Good for Ke- So he can get a full, another full season but only get to, only have to play 15 games. Yes, exactly. That's pretty good. Uh, which brings us to the buyer trade. Now, Having just discussed the Robert Quinn trade, let me tell you that Kevin Byard doesn't have any passes defense this year, doesn't have any interceptions, has not been as much of a playmaker on the ball through six games as he was over the course of his career. Are you at all worried that this is a Robert Quinn situation where the guy has fallen off the cliff? It's something you need to be cognizant of. I don't think the compensation is prohibitive I I, it, it wasn't prohibitive in the in the Quinn deal, but a fifth and a sixth in Edmonds, it's a worthwhile risk to take. I think this is a bigger need for them than Edge Rusher was last year. Uh, this is someone who's who's going to ostensibly play every snap. I think that the the demonst- now I would have said the demonstrated ability to get to the quarterback uh, would have made me confident in in, in Quinn, but these ball hawking numbers are hard to ignore. So I am going to, I hear what you're saying. I don't feel the same way though about, or I don't think this deal is going to have the same outcome that that one did. Yeah. And I, I, and I, yeah, I think the situations are different. Yeah. As you said, the price is different too. Um, I, I think it's possible that this trade doesn't turn out great. No, of course that's possible. Sure. You know, he could, he could not be good. It could be uh, a bad situation for him and, you know they'll they'll cut bait in the off season, but given the the dire need at the top of the depth chart and what else is going on there and the demonstrated history, it's a I think it's a a, a swing that is hard to argue with. Yes, uh, since he came to the league, Justin Simmons and Xavier Howard are the only two players who have more interceptions than him. Right. Uh, he is. Uh, you mentioned on yesterday's show since 2017, which is his second year. It, it, he's he's exactly. one behind yep. Xavier Howard. Yeah. Um, he is. Uh, like I, I Baldy said before, I'm nodding to it. Like Baldy's still on the screen. Baldy's yeah. not on the screen anymore. I like to think that he's just yes. perpetually on the screen. We have a wired-in camera to yeah. his little studio. It's just that he only pops up once a week. Something, uh, something he lives in the screen. Yeah, something that what Baldy said, and I've I've heard this elsewhere, is like an awesome locker room guy, the type of guy that you're gonna want to have in the in the building. It feels like Baldy knows everybody. Everyone from Philly, which is kind of I'm kind of jealous of him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah Baldy does know. Baldy is uh, he's he's well respected. That's plugged in. Exactly. I like that. 
Um, so uh, that that part of it you like. He has a lot of versatility. That's something Sean Desai said today is that he's played a lot of different roles, which you like to see. Now, I don't think you're looking at Kevin Byard in the slot at this point in his career, but I think the fact that he can – uh, play deep safety for you. He can play some box safety. Like, like he, he has that versatility, which is a, is a good thing. 30 years old, you have to be cognizant of. Um, you mentioned yesterday they have this old secondary, Slay, Bradbury, Byard, and then when Bradley Roby's in there, they have four guys over the age of 30, uh, or 30 and over, rather. But I think this is a, this is a trade, like Baldy said, for January and February, and I think that I'm, I'm fine with that. How many turkeys would you put on Kevin Byard being on the Eagles next season? Not at $14 million. Certainly not. Yeah. I would say 35 40 Okay. Because in theory, you have Blankenship and Brown yes. penciled in as, exactly. your, as your starters moving forward. You know, Blankenship has to prove he can stay healthy. Sidney yep. Brown has to prove that he can be something. Play, exactly. Um, it's a good, it's a good backup possibility to have. Yeah, I think I, I think I might eke it. I mean, this is this is very uh, inconsequential. I might say like 40, 45, but yeah, I would say sub fifty. Okay. I saw a cool clip uh, from Adam Lefko that I uh, tweeted out. Great clip. Um, where he was talking about Bayard in that game down in Tennessee. Uh, which was 2018, I believe it was. And he said that his uh, his family was all there and they were all wearing Eagles jerseys talking trash to the Titans fans. I thought that was great. Yeah, so he'll I, I, I think he'll be a fan favorite here if he can play well. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, Zach, and before we get to the ad read, is just the, the roster construction here. Um, how many of the Eagles starters, and we'll, there are a couple positions where we could argue about who's the starters, would you say are would you guess were acquired via trade? Ooh, how many starters? So I'm not going to go through it because that would be bad podcasting. I've got the list here, so we don't, we don't have to go through Yeah, but I'll Yeah, I'll no, I'm, so, I'm saying I'm going to guess six. Four. Four, okay. So you've got DeAndre Swift, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown, Kevin Byard, and Darius Slay. Okay. Right? Correct. Uh, the roster construction, this is just the, the key players on the team. Four via trade, three to like six from free agency, which is pretty small, actually. Um, and that's counting, like, do we decide it's Nicholas Morrow or Zach Cunningham, those guys. One, two, three from undrafted free agency. One seventh-round pick, two sixth-round picks, zero fifth-round picks, two fourth-round picks, three third-round picks, four second-round picks, eight first-round picks. And those are guys just drafted by the team. The, the one that's wild, and I know we talk about this all the time, but the top nine guys on the defensive line, the guys who play, Six of those nine guys were drafted by the team as first-round picks. Money well, it, it's I'd wild. Picks well spent. And then there's a third, a fourth, and Hassan Reddick, who they gave yeah. a ton of money to. Like, that's why that's why they're so good. It, and, and that's what Baldy said. Uh, they've built this team through the trenches. There's there's a reason why it's like the same exercise every single draft. I, I shouldn't say every single draft. Most of these drafts are they going to take this linebacker? Are they going to take this running back? And we say, no, they're going to take a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. Right. Right. Like, a, and I, I know there are years when they've taken a receiver, they've looked at a corner, but. I, corner is the interesting one because I was having this discussion the other day. I, corner is the one where I don't think that the history necessarily tells the story of their, exactly. of their prioritization yes, of the position. Right? That's true. 
this year, I think they would have been willing to take a corner. Last year, I yep. think they would have been willing to move up for Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley. The year before, I think they would have been willing to take Sertan or J.C. Horn if, if one of those guys had been on the board. They, they value that position as one of the key positions. It's why they were traded for Darius Slay. It's why they paid James Bradbury. It's also why they, like, when they weren't able to draft a guy, they tried to throw those dart throws yep, exactly. uh, at all those young corners. And so... Other than the way that that has played out, I think that the draft history does tell the story. Yeah, and and so every year it's it's like, are they going to take this running back? Are they going to take right. this linebacker? Are they going to take this safety? Uh, no, they're going to take a <laughs> they're going to take a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHLY for for 10% off. Uh, All right, Zach, let's look back quickly at Goose Wisely and our uh, roster drafts from last week. Goose Wisely... If I can pull it up here, I've got the uh, display. Let me see here. Let me pull up Daniz. Go to his media so I can have the whole thing in front of me. Mr. Selman. Absolutely. Uh, okay. First one. You had the broadcast will have some sort of retro element. I'm going to give you this, okay. Zach, because they had the retro logo um, on the on the score bug, which they didn't necessarily have Need to, to do. Need to do that? Okay. Yeah. So well, I, I actually think that counts. I like Generous Bo. Yeah. Okay. I think you deserve that one. Thank it's you. not exactly what I had in mind, mm, yeah. but they did it, and I didn't, I didn't discount it, so okay. I think that's fair. I had more than one of the Eagles will introduce themselves as from Stoutland University on the broadcast. I thought I was hoping Sua would do it. He did not. I was actually kind of hoping Kelsey might do it too, but no, it was just Jordan Mylotta. It didn't happen, so what, nothing you. And what did Kelsey say? Uh, he said, I think he just said Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you had your golden goose, or maybe I had my golden goose. No, no, you had your golden goose on this. You had, there are more total touchdowns in this game than total runs in NLCS game five. Do you know how many touchdowns were scored in the game? There were, uh, there five were touchdowns. Six, six touchdowns, six touchdowns, touchdowns in the game. Right. There were seven five runs one. scored in oh. game five. Mm-hmm. I had there for, there are fewer touchdowns in the game than total runs in the NLCS game five, that's two points for me, two to one, Bo. You had the game will be tied either at halftime or at the end of the third quarter. It was 15 seconds away from being tied at 17, but then the A.J. Brown touchdown happened, so you did not get that. I had Jeffrey Lurie and or Howie Roseman will be shown on the broadcast wearing some sort of Kelly Green. Didn't happen, but shout out to Tina Lurie, who was wearing a, a Kelly Green sweater. Uh, which Shout they out to Tina next to Jeffrey Lurie. So that you, sh- you should have included uh, Tina. In I there. should have. I should have. But in retrospect, uh, a mistake by me. Uh, you threw your golden. No, I threw my golden goose on Tyreek Hill leads the game in receiving yards, which gave you AJ Brown leads the game in receiving yards. So we both boned our golden gooses. I would have chose. I would have chosen a different verb, but okay. <laughs> uh, so you go up three to two. <laughs> I had the Eagles have three and a half sacks. That hit. You had there are, are at least two 50-plus-yard touchdowns in the game. Tied 3-3. You had Tua completes fewer than 65% of his passes, which gave me Jalen Hurts, which did not happen. Uh, he completed just over 70, which gave me Jalen Hurts passes for more yards than Tua. That hit. 4-3 to three me. I took the Eagles' red zone touchdown percentage in this game 
no, no, this is you picking, not me picking. I, I, I gave it. You took ZB's first post-game show appearance will be more minutes to or from midnight than Jalen Hurts' rushing yards. Do you know what time you came on? I don't. I was in a frantic pace. And it I was, was around, you were very close to midnight. It was about 12-15-ish okay. okay. area. Jalen Hurts only ran for 21 yards, so you didn't get it. Mm. Uh, whereas I did, the Eagles' red zone touchdown percentage in this game will be greater than the Phillies' win percentage in the NLCS. The Eagles were 4-for-6 from the red zone. At best, the Eagles and the Phillies will be 4-for-7, so I took that down. That gives me the lead, and then uh, neither of us got footage of Ron Jaworski nor Jerome Brown on the broadcast, which gives me the win. I'm up 5-1. to one. Had a tough year so far, but... Good thing is it's a, it's a long season. It's long Eagles season. Are it's getting late the, early. But. Eagles are going to be in the postseason. I'm going to have a chance to add to my total. Uh, so this is going to be this is going to be a comeback. This is going to be a, I'll be like the Texas Rangers. There you go. Uh, and then finally, uh, Bree, do you want to flash up those roster graphics? Graphics. 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 If oh. you don't mind. Um, let's see here. I think both quarterbacks played okay. Not great. I thought Jalen uh, played better than Tua, but okay. I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. I actually thought Tua played pretty well. Okay. Um, I mean, Jalen had two ugly turnovers. That's true. Um, let's see. You've got I've got AJ Brown. You've got Tyreek Hill. You you did get Devontae playing. Waddle goes down. You had Goddard. Uh, I don't know what you got from Julio Jones. I got two catch or I got a eight catch. He got eight catch for three yards. Um, Isaiah Wing got hurt early. Lane Johnson played. Jason Kelsey. I don't know. I got I've got Jalen Carter and Josh Sweat, who made big impacts. You've got Reddick. I've got Slay, who had the pick. Joan Phillips had you a sack have, as well. You have Xavier Howard, who didn't play. Reed Blankenship, who didn't play. I gotta say, I think this is me again. Oh no, I think this is me here. Make your case. Make my case. Okay. I think my offensive line is better than your offensive line. Connor Williams didn't play. True. Okay. Uh, so you so you don't have that. I thought that, you know, a Dallas Goddard scored a touchdown, had a had a good game in that regard. Hassan Reddick uh was huge against the run here. Jalen Phillips had a sack. So oh uh, yeah. If anything, I'd say it's a draw, but I, I would give myself I mean the better the impact players in this game were Josh Sweat. Jalen Carter, Hassan Reddick, who you have, and Darius Slay on the Eagles defense. So that's three out of the four for me. On offense, A.J. Brown mm -hmm. is the big player. And then... And Dallas Goddard. And, okay, that's fine. Uh, now, you, you've got a little bit of an edge on the offensive line, but I don't think it... I don't think it uh, you know, Isaiah Wynn, you've got lining up. My guy just ran over him and knocked him out of the game. I'm four for four on, on touch pushes. <laughs> or her uh, brotherly show. What do you think Baldy's uh, opinion on the tush push is? Uh, we need to ask him that next week. Ask him that next week. Uh, the one thing I'll say is this is the last time we're doing the draft like this. Yes. When we reconvene yeah, on gonna, Thursday. When we reconvene on Thursday, we're going to do position units. Yes. Instead of individual players, it's going to make things go a little quicker, uh, maybe a little bit easier to adjudicate. And I think it's fair to say that another week, another win. <laughs> I don't think that's Bo. fair to say at all. But... You know what? If if there's any uh, uh, winnings that come with this, you can spend it on a, on a new wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe at PHLY Locker, right? We got some good stuff on there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I'm still un, un, undecided as to whether I need to come like less dressed up 
or not moving forward. I have to have to sleep on that. While you're sleeping on that, uh, the Eagles return to practice tomorrow, but they're not having a full practice. They're back in what they're doing another week with walkthroughs. Certainly worked last week. Sirianni likes the walkthroughs. He joked that the walkthroughs also mean that uh, the media doesn't get to go go watch them practice. So the first time we will see them practice will be Thursday. But uh, I imagine Kevin Byard's going to be in town tomorrow. We'll get Nick Sirianni's uh, reaction to that. We'll speak to Kevin Byard. I'll try to find out where he went to middle school. Report that back on Thursday. See if he uh, remembers the phone numbers of the girls he would try to call. <laughs> we will see. Re- I won't ask him that. That'd be a creepy thing for me to ask him. Uh, oh, that's a bridge too far. Yeah, that would be a bridge too far. Plus, I was born in 86. He was born in 94. So by that point, I don't know if they were like, you know, calling home numbers at that point. Okay. Yeah, that, those there's a lot that happened in those eight years in between. Like, cell, you know, the cell phones and... Um, yeah, okay, you Boomer. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, I think someone born in 1994 probably doesn't remember many phone numbers because you just put it in cell phones. Am I right, Bree? Yeah, yeah, Bree nodded. Okay, yeah. she nodded. Yeah. Uh, whereas someone who was born in 1986 would know uh, phone numbers because you had to dial the numbers. I understand your point. I also don't think that everybody born in 1986 remembers all the phone numbers of the girls they called in middle school. I think that might be a bit more of a specific condition to you. Okay. Uh, we'll save that for another day. Um, <laughs> uh, also, at practice, uh, and, well, the injury report, well, it's going to be an approximation tomorrow. We'll see the status of Reed Blankenship. Um, that's going to be in, important to watch. I don't know if Bradley Roby's going to be back. Um, but we'll certainly pay attention to some of the different things they'll do. And then the Eagles have a roster crunch here. At some point, I imagine they're going to have to bring up Julio Jones. So, I mean. And some questions about Cam Jurgens as well. What, what's your expectation there? Oh, that's a good point. He is out of his walking boot. I can tell you that. Um, I will find out more. That's he a good has question. to be done at least one more week. Yep. But I, I, I will find out more on that one. That's a good question. All right. Well, there you go. That'll wrap it up for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We are back Thursday promptly at 11.30 a.m. And then Friday at 2 p.m. We look forward to uh, talking to you. And we thank you for watching, for listening. And uh, good luck tonight to all you Phillies fans. Uh, try to stay hydrated. Try to, you know, stay calm and hopefully uh, celebrate. You feel, you feel good? What's your prediction? I think the Phillies win. I think uh, Ranger... Goes five strong. I think the Phillies uh, get some, or yeah, five strong. I I think the Phillies get on uh, the Diamondbacks early, and the Phillies play with an advantage. I think the Phillies win. All right, and there you go. From uh, Mr. Fashion himself, you've got the prediction. So uh, we will talk to you on Thursday for Zach and uh, all of his stylists and Bree. I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you on Thursday. And as always, we love you. Oh, silly.